Hello, this is the Surviving Healthcare Podcast, and I've got Mark Kennard here uh, from New Zealand. And he's going, at the end of the uh, the video, he's going to show us a few hobbits who are living with him. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry, I had to do that joke. So anyway, Mark is an interesting person to me. His problems aren't as uh, fascinating to him. They're more painful and aggravating, but he is a... Uh, a medical device complication that has gone on for years and years and years. And um, he's, we're going to trace the problems with implant sensitivity, metals, allergies, and so on through by illustrating to his uh, with his story. Now my listeners probably remember, remember Tim Alexander who became fascinated with drug complications after a relative of his uh, became the San Bernardino shooter and killed some people and they found psychiatric medications in his belongings. And so he became very uh, interested in psych medications and causing violence. And, and he eventually started a Facebook group that is called Legal Death. And he took a long trip over several months, went all across country and talked to all these brilliant people who were sitting in bed with long-term complications from medication. But Mark's is um, uh, implants, and he's going to tell us about that. But before he does, I'm just going to emphasize that a lot of the people I've met along the way have been very high functional people. And Mark is too modest to say this, but he actually got an IQ test with a Mensa group. And his IQ is probably five to 10 points above mine. I've got a 130 to 140, and he's probably north of 140, which makes him two tenths of a percent or something like that is my, my reading of the Wikipedia. But anyway, Mark, go ahead, introduce yourself. I really appreciate your time today. And we've been talking for several weeks. Um, yeah, right. Uh, as Robert said, my name's Mark. Um, I've had troubles with metals uh, all my life. Uh, it started off with a vaccine when I was 14 years old. It was the, the four-course hep, hep, hep B vaccine shots. Uh, every shot I had just made me worse and worse. Um, now, the problem is, of course, is doctors don't like uh, diagnosing those kinds of things. And I was told it was nothing to do with the vaccine. Um, over the following years, um, I had other vaccines and uh, I had other problems as well. But um, for about 15 years later is when we realized that all my problems were being uh, caused by the metals in the vaccine. And that's when I stopped having them, after taking a test vaccine, just to be sure. Um, the biological effects of metals, it's, it's been my whole life, um, trying to figure out what was wrong and trying to figure out uh, how these metals are really affecting not just me, but everyone else in the whole world. Because everyone who has a bad reaction to a metal implanted in their body the same things happen. Some people are more sensitive than others. Some are born with gene mutations, which means it definitely will happen. While other people, they can go 20, 30 years with implants and not really notice any problems at all. Um, now, a couple of years after we sorted out that the vaccines were actually causing all these neurological issues, um, which were diagnosed as psychiatric, and they weren't, 
Uh, I also got chronic fatigue syndrome from uh, the tuna and fish. Now, I was very lucky that I had a doctor at the time who, um, who knew about that kind of stuff. And while he was scared to go into it too much because of uh, the medical council, um, he did make sure I knew that it was the tuna and the mercury in the tuna causing the problem. Um, that caused uh, chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, and all I had to do was stop eating tuna and wait, and it came how, right. How much tuna were you eating? I was eating uh, two to three tins a day. Oh my God. Now, well, that, yeah. And do you know, do you know what your blood level was? Now I know blood level is not entirely reliable. Yeah. Back th with that, no, um, they, they didn't, I didn't even know if doctors back then were allowed in New Zealand to, uh, test your levels for mercury, but no, I didn't test my blood levels. Um, but, uh, I found an interesting thing out years later, which was that the, the human body, it takes a whole week for the human body to get rid of the amount of mercury in one tin of tuna. <laughs> and you've been eating that tuna for how long? Oh, I'd been eating it for weeks and weeks and weeks. It was, it was part of my daily lunch that <laughs> I thought would make me healthy. You know, we're told that fish is, is, you know, has some good things in it to make you healthy, but we just don't get told about the bad things, unfortunately. So um, tuna is the top of the food chain fish. For our listeners, mm -hmm. there are some fish that are probably much less mercury or no mercury. What are those? Sa well, salmon. that's, that. well, no, even salmon. Um, they've found, uh, yeah, salmon has a lot of mercury in it as well. Not as much as tuna, but it, but it does. Um, my, uh, I'm probably only having giving my personal opinion on fish. I, I just don't think we should eat it anymore. To be honest, there, there is so much pollution and that has gone into the ocean and they just keep putting more and more pollution into the ocean. I think it's time that a lot of people have to stop eating, which comes out of the ocean. My wife, uh, I think it's getting too bad. My wife claims that. Atlantic fish in the cold waters are safer for some reason. Now, I don't know. I can't. Test right. it. So anyway, you're in the Pacific, obviously. So, yeah. but anyway, sorry, go on with your story. That's your first exposure there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I, vaccines were a problem when younger. Now, I mean, I can go into the symptoms they cause. Um, unfortunately, people who have bad neurological reactions to metals, uh, they, uh, there's no system in the, uh, in the health system to help these people. So they end up getting funneled towards the psychiatric system. Now, it does, yeah, and, and that's when all sorts of things can go wrong. I tell you what. Um, yeah, the, I've seen, you know, news articles where it's happened to people like me, they've ended up in a, a psychiatric, uh, healthcare facility getting kept there against their will. And the, the problem is metals. It's nothing to do with psychiatric. Yes, it's affected their behavior, but that's what happens with neurological injuries. That's what it does. Um, I've done some tests myself because, um, uh, when you are being affected like metals, what I've found is that uh, you can't play chess anymore. Like I've always been a very good chess player. Um, but what I found was that when you get affected by the metals, you can't see the consequences. Or you might see the consequences of your actions, 
But as you're looking around for other options and everything, you forget the consequences and you go and do something which you knew the consequences were bad because you forgot the consequences. It's, it really stuffs up your head. Um, but anyway, and after I got uh, over the tuna, the mercury and the tuna issue, I think it was the following year or a couple of years later, I, I broke my back and I needed surgery. I was a bricklayer at the time and uh, slipped over. And uh, I told the, and this is really the crux of the the biggest issue. I told the surgeon about my previous issues with metals, um, and even that I was allergic to the metals and antiperspirant. And uh, yeah, it would stain all my shirts. So aluminum, aluminum uh, is the antiperspirant problem. So yeah, we, yeah. my listeners know about this, and they're they've all been instructed to use baking soda. Uh, yeah, yeah, but make sure it's organic. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, a lot of people, it's the vaccines that do it. That's you have to have an exposure, um, before you can be allergic and be hypersensitive or something. There are some magnesium based deodorants, but you have to look at them and individually. Yep. So, sorry to yep. interrupt. Yep, no, no, that's okay. Um, Right. Uh, so I told my surgeon before the surgery, because he had suggested um, that we put an implant and we do a fusion and then we put some uh, four screws and a couple of rods in to hold it all together. And so I told him about my metal issues um, and I said, is there any possibility that this titanium implant um, could cause me any problems? Fair enough question. Uh, now, what he told me was interesting, but the way he worded it was interesting. He said to me, he said, we are told to tell people that they are 100% biocompatible. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't really give you much confidence. He's told to tell us that. Um, now, being naive, uh, I mean, I've, I've never had any major surgery or anything like that, but um, being naive, I believed him. Uh, unfortunately, when I woke up from surgery, um, I mean, I was feeling great. My back had been fixed and, and everything. But once I started to get moving, and, and, and this is what generally seems to kick it all off, once my metabolism started rising after I was after surgery, as I got more active, um, that's when it hits you. Uh, so it didn't happen in hospital. It was about four days afterwards, and I started having these strange symptoms. Now, it just started off with one symptom, and then that sort of would go away if I rested. But then uh, I'd, you know, try and get moving again, and then more, I'd get more symptoms. And uh, over the following couple, couple of years, I just kept getting more and more symptoms. And these symptoms were um, basically the automatic functions of my body, uh, malfunctioning. Um, and, and that is, uh, what titanium allergy is characterized by. Now, uh, titanium allergy is totally different to any other kind of metal allergy. Um, uh, the symptoms you get are all, uh, automatic, auto malfunctions of the autonomic, uh, functions of the body. Now, 3% um, of us are titanium allergic but most of those don't have a big, big problem yeah. like you have. You're exquisitely sensitive, and maybe aluminum also, isn't that correct? Because almost every yes. titanium implant is alloyed with aluminum. 
Yes, that's right. Um, for weight-bearing implants, they use TI-6AL4V. So the uh, metal is titanium with 6% aluminium and 4% vanadium. Mm. Um, vanadium is uh, another possibility for the allergy too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's another possibility. But we knew in May, uh, I mean, uh, I, I was lucky enough to have the expertise of Professor Vera Stayscale alongside me with my first implant allergy. Um, I couldn't have done it without her. I wouldn't have been able to figure out this stuff. Um, so, so Mark and, is an incredible networker, and people recognize his intellectual skills when they talk to him and bond to him, as I did. And so I'm, I, I'm, I'm grateful to have all Mark's expertise. And these people who've been through implant and drug problems who are bright, they research the things until they're much more knowledgeable than almost any doctor. And she managed to meet this doctor online, the Vera Stayscow, is that her name? Yes, that's and right. She, uh, and she helped Mark through his problem and counseled him about what to do. Yes, yeah, and that's right. And she's in Germany, and Germany, right? Well, she was. She's passed away now in 2017. Yeah. But, well, she, yeah, UK, Germany, she was, uh, I think, was it Swiss? Um, but, yeah, the, the Malaysia lab where they do the testing is in Germany. The head office is in the UK. Uh, but yeah, I was very lucky, um, because back then the internet wasn't back then what it is now. Um, there, you know, there was only, you could probably read the internet in a week kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't have all the medical research that it has now. And, um, I was lucky. And she was working with the Premier Metals Allergy Testing, which is UK-based, which you can get the stuff shipped from the United States if you can overnight it. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, the blood has to, you have to send live blood. Uh, so it has to reach them in less than 48 hours. Um, uh, the quicker, the better, uh, because if it's not kept at the right temperature as well, when it's uh, on its journey to the lab, that can also affect the results. But um, yeah, Vera, she was the inventor of that test. Uh, it's, it's, spelled, it's spelled just like the, the name Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A. And you can search uh, search for just, that online. One just S? a one S. Yep. Sorry. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's right. And yeah, you can search for that online. Um, it's the best. What it tests for is type four allergy. Okay, that's what it's testing for. Type four hypersensitivity. Um, and uh, the reason they do that is because that's the ninety nine percent of the bulk of the issues are a type four. Uh, delayed type hypersensitivity reaction. And um, actually, while we're on this subject, uh, I'd just like to bring this up. You know how they have um, uh, people do meta-studies? They look through all the past research and they do a meta-study. Now, this is a big problem because this allergy, it's a type 4 delayed type hypersensitivity reaction. But when you get uh, other scientists doing all these meta-studies where they use keywords and search terms and stuff like that to find all the relevant literature, they always leave out the, the most important words. Um, they, they just look up implant allergy or metal allergy, but because they're not using the right terminology, their meta-studies are just, a lot of them are pointless. You have to be very careful uh, when you read information about metals, very careful. So they should be searching for aluminum allergy and 
titanium allergy and mercury allergy, correct? Well, the uh, delayed type hypersensitivity or type 4 delayed type hypersensitivity is the, uh, you know, those kind of search terms. Um, Not so much metal allergy. Uh, because the you know of course we're searching the um, the academic literature, um, so we've got to use those terms. Um, but a lot of people just never find it. So mm. so back on the track. What's the next thing that happened? Um, right. So I had that surgery. I got all these horrible symptoms, um, multi-systemic symptoms. Um, the problem was getting it removed. Obviously, uh, well, not obviously, but doctors and specialists. Uh, I mean, it's it's not, it's an experience thing as well, but they really, especially in New Zealand, they don't have time to go investigating people's, you know, all their chronic illnesses and all that. And it just doesn't happen. And um, the for me to get it removed, I had to get people to go over and above. I had people, I had specialists telling me that my surgeon was trying to uh, stop me getting help. And if it wasn't for the things they did, I would never have got help. So three years later, that implant was removed. So just for a second, Mark is part, or he's in New Zealand, so they have exceedingly insular medical system where you cannot sue the doctors. They don't have any fear of malpractice or negligence Mm. and they tend to protect each other in ways that they couldn't get away with in america so sorry to derail Mm. you there but back on the track yeah you did right robert uh so they removed the implant um we had to demand it um but i and i also had to get a, a test uh which gave us a reason to demand it um but when they when the surgeon removed it um, they had a bit of an issue, and I ended up getting uh, fragments left in my back, and uh, yeah, just a few fragments left in me. Now, the thing is, though, is when I woke up from that surgery, they had pulled enough metal out of me to make a huge difference. Uh, when I woke up from that surgery, I looked back to normal. I no longer looked like a different person, um, and I started putting weight on immediately. Um, I looked like I do now. I didn't look you know, I'm not looking sick today. It's, it's, it was just a huge, huge change. And I've got photos before and after photos and, um, yeah, everyone agreed. I'd had a bad reaction to the implant. Mark, when Mark went into surgery with that guy, he was angry at Mark and he Uh, didn't, he didn't want to do the surgery. And I, I said, Mark, if you, if you ever are in a situation where you, the surgeon doesn't want to do the surgery. That's a, there's a good reason for it. And you should never, you should ghost the guy and find another one. But in New Zealand is very difficult to change doctors. Mm. There's just a lot of, yeah. it's a lot of problems. So, uh, so he went in and the guys used the, they, they didn't have the right screws to re, or screwdrivers to remove the screws and they fragmented some of the metallic pieces. So he still has some metal in his upper back, but during the surgery, mm. was that the surgery where they put the cement in? Uh, no, that wasn't. Okay. A, no, right. no. Well, they had a little, but it wasn't the bad type of cement. Sorry, There's I'm, a couple I'm of ju- different. I'm jumping yeah. to the conclusion. Go ahead. No, no. Next. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So anyway, removing it got rid of most of my symptoms. I had a couple uh, left, uh, like uh, inappropriate responses to temperature and that. Um, but most of my symptoms were gone and uh, I recovered. Uh, I was in a lot of pain, however. 
Um, and this, I knew that they had left fragments in me. I mean, I'm allergic. I knew they were in there and they were digging into me. But um, because of our bad health system, they just tried hiding the fact that I might have some left in me, basically. Uh, they didn't want to give me any more health care. He, he, he can't even get a hold of the scans. This they refuse no. to give him the scans. Yeah. So it's kind of a disaster. Anyway, go ahead. It's New Zealand health system, very bad. Um, so anyway, I eventually, after all that, I, I did get back to work. I retrained uh, as a real estate agent, um, got into that a few years. But three years after that, in uh, 2018, I uh, had another back issue um, from trying to put a trailer on the back of a vehicle. One of my vertebrae uh, fractured with edema, uh, and it just would not heal. Um, uh, now the funny thing is, is the day it happened and that I was rushed into the hospital, I told them what had happened and the hospital people, no, no, that won't have happened. Oh no, that won't have happened. And they sent me on my way just saying, oh, you've just got a sprain. Um, but, uh, we got an MRI later and yeah, sure enough, it was pretty cracked and it just would not heal. So uh, I spoke to my new surgeon. This was a different surgeon in a different area of the country. And I uh, told him about my past issues with metal allergy, and he told me he promised that if it caused a problem, he would remove it. Uh, basically, that's what happened. Um, it did cause a problem. Now, so he put more first, hardware in there. He put more hardware. Yeah, in there. yeah, yeah, yeah. He put more hardware. He tried getting a an implant that was metal free, um, but he just couldn't. The rods and the one that he used were actually coated in carbon fiber. Um, but the screws weren't. They were still titanium. Um, and the carbon fiber, I got it tested after it was removed, and uh, that was all contaminated with tantalum, with another metal. Um, so anyway, I got sick again, uh, but this time it was different than my first titanium allergy. I Yes, I had the same symptoms of titanium allergy, but I also had a lot of other symptoms. And this is when I got in touch with Melisa Diagnostics again, where Vera was from, her company. Um, I, I did a, they sent me out an assessment form. I filled out all the information I needed to. They had a group, a team of uh, immunologists and biochemists discussing my case. Um, and then they recommended what I should be tested for. And they told me that they said, look, Mark, this time it's not just titanium. There's something else going on here too that's uh, affecting you and you need to be tested for the bone cement. Um, PMMA bone cement was used. And uh, the Melisa test can test for a bad reaction to that as well. That has aluminum. Um, yes, it does, unfortunately. And, and that's my current issue. Um, so just to explain, um, during the last surgery he mentioned, there was a, little, a bleeder in the bone that was drilled into. And mm. that bleeder, as is typically done, is filled with as kind of a cement stop the bleeding. And I'm familiar mm. with that. And on the skull, they use uh, kind of a sterile wax, you know, that's supposed to be uh, hypoallergenic, but it probably isn't, <laughs> you know, when I think mm. about it. So, it isn't. <laughs> well, it isn't in people like me, yeah. right? Um, because I have um, uh, my father's side of the family. We have a, we obviously, we haven't been tested, but we do have a gene mutation um, which means that my whole father's side of the family have uh, quick and bad reactions to metals. 
Um, so the, yeah. the last the last part of your story is the removing the composite and amalgams in your teeth that had uh, um, uh, I'm sorry that have uh, sorry yeah uh, I did aluminum. forget a bit yeah yeah I, I actually forgot about the uh, the galvanic reaction I had with the first implant um, but I can we can come back to that and you've done a lot of on galvanic reactions so but my so, listeners probably remember um, uh, the episode about the galvanic reactions or the battery effects that occur between metals in the body. And a current is actually generated when you have two different metals. And I, one of my guests uh, named, uh, what was his name? Uh, the, the, uh, oh, Scott Schroeder, Scott Schroeder. Yes. And he, he has observed a lot of that and has become kind of a, uh, an expert on, and he, he talks to everybody and he's very kind to, yeah. he, and you know, uh, he, he yes. got to know Mark very well. And, you know, so, and I was passed around from another friend of ours. So anyway, sorry, finish your story and then let, we'll try to generalize mm. things. Um, yeah. So uh, after the, yeah, the 2019 surgery, uh, I, I got sick again, the Melisa diagnostics, they said it's not just uh, the implant, it's the bone cement. Um, I went to my surgeon. I told him. Now I got very, very, very sick. Um, I mean, I had every time I ate food, I would have an aphylaxis or even go into an aphylactic shock. I had uh, paralysis um, when I went into an aphylactic shock initially, and it's just absolutely shocking. I I had to live on uh, milk and uh, drinking yogurt, kefir. Um, I was eating, uh, drinking about. Uh, fifty dollars worth of milk and about fifty dollars <laughs> worth of uh, kefir. That's that's how I kept myself alive until they did something. Um, now, so ten months after that implant went in, um, they removed it. Now, my surgeon didn't remove the bone cement, even though I said it's causing a problem, and that's just because of our socialised healthcare in here in New Zealand. He said I'd have to go back around the system again. And uh, if I wanted surgery to remove that. So uh, my surgery uh, went ahead in 2020 to remove the implant. Um, before that surgery, though, I told my surgeon how fragments had been left in me from my 2008 surgery and asked if he could perhaps remove them at the same time as he was removing the implant. And so he ordered a scan and uh, initially... When the scan results came back, I was told there was no metal fragments left in me, and and I had my surgeon up. I, I told him, I says, look, you're blatantly lying to me. I, I know there is. I've seen them on scans before, and I had. And uh, anyway, he, he didn't want to have a bar of it. He didn't want to uh, help me like that, but that was okay. It probably is very technically difficult to find fragments. Yeah, you see, and that's it, you, right. it's yeah. it's a, I've done that for superficial fragments in mm. the in the fat, and it you can fool around for hours to get one piece of yeah. metal out or yeah. whatever. Metal's not too bad because you can you can X-ray it. Anyway, mm. go ahead. Mm. Sorry, that's right. Well, so I I just sort of gave up on that idea and thought, oh well, we'll just go and he'll take the implant out and we'll see how we go. Um, but when I went uh, for the, me and my mother, we turned up the hospital for the pre-op appointment the night before surgery. And uh, that's when the surgeon walked in and he said, look, he says, you were right about everything. He said, um, there's uh, tiny, tiny fragments uh, peppered uh, throughout your back. 
and he said uh, they're amongst the nerves and everything. It would be very risky to remove them. Uh, but he said that he said also though he said there is a piece of an implant in front of your spine. Now this was really strange because when my two thousand and eight implant was removed, although they had to cut the rods, the rod it was all given back to me after the surgery. So I know what they pulled out, and uh, they pulled out the whole implant apart from some tiny fragments. Um, so this was interesting. I didn't let on to uh, that surgeon that it wasn't uh, a piece of my two thousand and eight implant. So I I just wanted to be careful there but the uh the surgeon told me he said look i don't know if i can remove that he said it's in the front it was in my uh in front of my spine right by my solar plexus where my ribs meet in the middle it was just below that now that is nowhere near my any of my surgeries and uh so the surgeon said look we you know we might have to go in from the front to remove that we don't know so i can't remove it but i'll put it in writing that it's there um, the next morning I had surgery, I woke up feeling good. Um, the, I then asked the surgeon for the letter, but, uh, he just started trying to avoid me. It turned out that, uh, he had actually removed it, but he just hadn't put, uh, anything in the medical records or anything mentioning it, that he had found it or that it had been removed or anything. But I'm certainly glad he did remove it because... After that 2008 surgery, I developed epilepsy. And, uh, well, I knew at the time that it was caused by the metals because no one would acknowledge the metals. They just wouldn't look into it. They just refused to even get a scan. And uh, taking the that piece out from where it was and removing it cured my epilepsy. Now, I just, I don't have epilepsy anymore. So you had seizures, nah. you were put on seizure medication. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I was dependent on seizure medication. <laughs> if I if I stopped my seizure medication, I'd go into uh, full-on tonic-clonic seizures. So during all um, this time of four or five years, what percent of the time were you able to work? Uh, for, well, the, um, the first uh, back surgery was 2005. It was pulled out in 2008. Uh, I didn't get back to work, back into the workforce till 2015. Um, worked for three years and then had the other accident and yeah. So Mark's just so been since, hanging around trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, let me just put a footnote on this that um, in Butchered by Healthcare, I reviewed back surgeries as a whole. And it was my belief based on the no studies that, that, that no studies that showed any benefit uh, was that back surgeries, if, if they should be done at all, should be individualized by the most competent and experienced neurosurgeons and orthopedists. And, and uh, they're, they're, they're just done because the work comp system in America pays exorbitantly for anything you do. These things are done in America and they're billed out at a half million dollars a piece for an afternoon's work or less. And they put all this hardware in there and subject people to the, uh -huh. anyway, so that's just a footnote. I, I think Mark ventured down this pathway and he probably would have been better sitting around for a year than getting any uh -huh. of those surgeries. So, yeah. And, and that, that's a really big issue, Robert. Um, when you go, when you do something to your back and you get pain and you get to sent to a surgeon, 
you don't get given any options. You, you're told that the, the only thing that can be done is surgery. And, and that's not always true. The only, the only, the only option, the only option is just say no. So jump, mm. jump back in. There's one other chapter in this saga and that's the teeth. And you've gotten better since yes. you removed composites, which are often the good fillings. They don't contain mercury, but they do mm. contain many oftentimes aluminum, which is another toxic thing that Mark is sensitive to with his type four allergy. So well, how many of those things have you gotten out and how many procedures? Um, right. Well, the the reason I started, I decided to start removing them was because they have the same ingredient in my fillings as is in the bone cement that I was reacting to, um, aluminosilicate. Uh, this stuff, aluminosilicate, it's just used in in almost everything they put in your in your body, which isn't a metal. It's just terrible. It's in so many d different, uh, it's in almost all dental products. And uh, the idea was that if I start lowering my toxic load of aluminosilicate by removing aluminosilicate dental fillings, then it may improve my symptoms. So in February the first this year, I got the first one removed. Um, after that was removed, my... Pulse returned to normal, 60 beats a minute, and so did my blood pressure return to normal, 120 over 80. He was chronically around 95, which is almost tachycardic, which means abnormal, very abnormal. He's close oh, to that yes. all the time, even at rest. So then, yeah. then his pulse returned to normal when he just got his first composite filling removed. Then you had how many, four or five more? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it was about five more. How many um, have you gotten uh, out by now? Well, I've got them all out now. But the thing is, is I had to uh, get some new fillings as well, not replacements. So after I had the February one removed, yeah, it was great. felt great and everything. But then I had to get the front ones. I'd, I hadn't been able to brush my teeth for a few years, for three years, almost four years. <laughs> because it would just make me too sick. And it would burn. It would really so burn. So in other words, Mark, what Mark's saying is it would release the metals in the composite fillings. And these aren't even amalgams yeah. that have a lot of mercury. The amalgams are 54% mercury, which is the most toxic one. But he's allergic to all these things. So you, mm, you got them taken mm. out and you had it replaced. Tell them about that. Is it Ceramco? Is that what they used? Uh, uh, Ceramco. S-A-R-E-M-C-O. Uh, that's what they used to replace them. Um, they... Uh, uh, ceramic composite fillings. And that's available now, in America, and that may be the best. Yeah, well, it's the best I've found in New Zealand, for sure. Um, there, there's definitely nothing better in New Zealand. The other thing is is that, uh, well, they are BPA and, and phthalate-free. Uh, they will still have aluminium in it, but it's not just about what's in it. It's about how biocompatible they are, how much they leak, all things that you put in your body, you have to consider, you have to look at it as though they are leaking because they are, or everything leaks just to different extents. Now, the with removing these fillings, um, I had to get some new ones, not replacements, and that did put my heart rate back to 84, and it did put my blood pressure, it made it drop again. But then I had, once I got the last composite fillings removed and replaced with ceramics, 
uh, just a couple of weeks ago. The last one was done, and yeah, my pulse is now permanently back to 60 at rest, and uh, blood pressure back to 120 over 80. So, so no the breathing issues. Seremco, in other words, it somehow puts those things together in a bonded way that doesn't leak or not leak as much and so you were getting yeah. low levels of these things extruded into your body and you're sensitive yeah. and you were you felt it, it felt it very acutely mm, mm, mm. but i mean the those uh, dental fillings that have been on my mouth i'd had them in there um for quite a while most of them um i did get some removed before my last implant was removed just to uh, help some symptoms and that did work um, but, uh, yeah, these, uh, until I got the bone cement put on me, those fillings were fine. Uh, the bone cement just put me over the edge for that kind that, of thing. That bone cement doesn't sound like an impossible thing to remove. I don't think it's that uh, And I think no. you ought to consider that, but don't, don't consider this medical yeah. advice. Consider it a questionable yeah. advice from a friend. yeah well you see the the thing is is after my uh, first implant was removed in 2008 the amount of pain i was it was like a living hell my for years my fight flight system was triggered and i just had to try and hide the fact and try and put up with it because i couldn't sit down and get relief i couldn't lie down and get relief i couldn't stand still and get relief everything i did made it worse the, uh, the only thing that didn't make it worse was um, walking very slowly with small steps around the house. That's what I had to do because that was the most comfortable thing to do. Oh after my, my yeah, now after my 2020 implant was removed, my pain is so much better now and it's controlled. I can lie down all day and it's fantastic. But I've ha- I've been very sick. Now, if I was to have another surgery and get both of those symptoms, both of those sets of symptoms at the same time, the sickness and the pain, there's no way I'd be able to cope. There, there, I, I just, I'd have to, jump, I don't know, jump off a cliff or something. It just, you know, you, you wouldn't cope, be able, no one you, would be able to deal with it. You, you cope with reality, whatever it is, yeah. no matter how yeah. tough it is. So, yeah. um, let's traipse on to your now. The, uh, I called you an outlier along with another friend of ours we'll give her a name uh uh, initial d and d d is she's mercury toxic and in other words she has got she's trying to rid herself of mercury from her system after having two root canals and several mercury amalgams removed all at once and she you know the, the mercury the the euphemism is mad as a hatter because the hatters were mercury toxic in the 18th century because mercury was Uh involved in hat manufacture. So she's kind of an on and off uh, wild woman, Uh, but she's very, very bright too. And she, she's Uh the one that put me on to the whole dental thing. And I mean, we met through her as well. So I'm grateful to her and we keep up with her. And, uh, Uh and I think she, you think she's going to tune up, don't you? Oh yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, with, uh, I had a spoke with, with, uh, her and, um, she had, uh, orthopedic implants and then got, um, dental work done. And that was when the dental work done, all of a sudden she got a whole lot of symptoms, started, uh, putting on weight uncontrollably. And this was after getting a root canal, um, an extra root canal. And, um, I mean, metal allergy it's hard to get your head around, but it's actually, it all just makes logical sense. 
if you get something put in your body and after that is done, you have symptoms, then removing it from your body will stop the symptoms. So, and, and Debbie, she went to get the, uh, oh, D, she went okay. to get the, um, She's to, she's co-authored one of my posts, removed. so that's okay. Yeah. Oh, so that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, she has had a bit of a reaction. Um, it has stirred things up, and it seems to have done the same thing to her as which happened to me. Which is, uh, it looks to me like it's stirred up, um, stirred up the mast cells. She's five and weeks. That, five weeks after her yeah. uh, removal now, and she's still oh. having a lot of trouble. She's better though. Yeah. <laughs> a little oh, bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, she, a couple of things she told me, the improvements, they were just fantastic. I mean, yeah, not being able to, get, not having to get up in, in the night when she's had to get up here for 90, every 90 minutes. I mean, uh, that's, that's a win. That's certainly so, a win. She will come right. Her system just needs to settle down. And you, her, um, your advice or your idea for her was she should not use a lot of vitamin C because that stirs up the other metals in her that's body. Right. She's got a total knee, which has titanium and, yeah. and uh, what is it? Titanium and aluminum and another one. Uh, yeah. Know, vanadium. vanadium. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. Uh, so we, we can't and replace that very easily. No, that's right. And then that's why people look to their mouths afterwards. People with hips who have bad reactions to hips or knees or, or, you know, because they can't be replaced easily like a spinal implant. Um, people, they start looking at their mouth. So the, the point uh, Mark just, is making is that always get your mouth fixed and certainly remove all the mercury amalgams and look carefully at the composites, which are the whites, white because uh, there are several hundred choices for those. And the, I just had a test run prior to m removing my 17 amalgams in August. Hopefully this won't be the end of the podcast, August 14th. But, uh, <laughs> but, but anyway, I had a test that uh, ran to... 30 or 40 pages and Mark was kind enough to have a look at it. And he says that I have developed sensitivity to both um, mercury, which is obvious and aluminum. Mm. So hopefully we'll get yeah. those things out and I'll be better and they won't, my shoulders won't stir them up, but you never know. Mark also yeah. reassured me that I could possibly get uh, in, individual ceramic implants for my shoulders manufactured if i had to get rid of the uh titanium and they're that's what they are mm. is titanium anyway sorry to interrupt you yeah. go ahead and just tell us yeah well uh, actually that's a, well i mean what, what you just said that's it's a good thing that i should bring up um when it comes to implantology and metallurgy there are two types of people there is uh people like you um and there are people like me and debbie um some people will have bad reactions to implants, um, any implant that you put in them, uh, and it will happen within the first few weeks. Uh, where as you get other people, and you can put an implant in them, and uh, it might be 20, 30 years before it causes any problem in them. And the reason is because there are certain uh, gene mutations which have uh, they mean that your body doesn't deal with metals like normal peoples do. They have a, t a totally different reaction. Our bodies just can't deal with metals as easily as people like you, Robert. And you've got that um, testing. You had that testing done on you, correct? No, I, I haven't had the Melisa test. But your family, um, 
your family oh, is. Yeah, oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. My my father's um my father's side of the family, uh, it's them that it comes from. If you have any Irish ancestry in you, then uh, you are more likely to have a bad uh, reaction to an implant than uh, than anyone else because these gene mutations they are more prevalent in Irish people, and so, that's where it comes from. In my family, yeah, uh, comes from my granddad. Yeah, and so your general advice to the implant industry is to do some sort right. of metals testing before the procedure. Yeah, uh, this is the issue. Um, we could uh, these bad reactions; they don't have to happen. But the pharmaceutical industry, of course, I mean, when you're manufacturing someone you, something, you don't want to go around telling everyone there could be a problem with it. And and that's the reason why there is no focus in the allopathic system on metals. And it's because it scares the pharmaceutical companies, uh, because they're the ones who end up, um, you know, in the hot seat. It's the device device company, which is like the little brother to Big Pharma. And they have the same yeah. problems and the same lack of testing of their products. And in America, yeah. they're allowed to approve things based on similar prior use. There's not even a, a study exactly. done on it. So it's, it's amazing. Uh, yeah. And so what we need um, and what mental advocates all around the world uh, are fighting for is to, for it to be made compulsory for metal testing to be done before someone has an implant uh, and afterwards as well if necessary. But it must happen before because, I mean, people like me, um, uh, you know, they if, they if they had just tested me, then they would have not been able to make a better choice of implant or they might have been able to say, well, no, you shouldn't have an implant at all. And, and I'm in that category. I should not have any implants at all, nothing put in me. Um, and, uh, if I'd had testing beforehand, my whole life would have been different. Sitting no, around, none, sitting none around, this. sitting around for a year, a year and a half is not a big deal compared to getting your life ruined by an implant. I mean, you, exactly. how long was it be between your in injury and the operation in that one procedure? It was less than a month, wasn't it? Uh, well, in the, uh, the 2018 accident I had where I fractured the vertebrae, it was about a year later that I had surgery. Um, but of course, uh, that, that's about normal in New Zealand. It takes about a year. So, so what other lessons would you leave for the mass of the people listening to this, most of whom are not going to have special allergies? Okay. Go ahead. Right. Every, metals affect everybody just to different extents. You can have gene mutations, which mean uh, that you'll definitely have a bad reaction pretty soon after any implants put into you. Uh, but even if you don't have these gene mutations, anyone, it can happen to anyone. Um, it just takes longer to happen in other people uh, who don't have these gene mutations. Metals kill. Metals make they upset the functioning of your immune system and they shorten your life everyone in the world should do everything they can to avoid metals if you the way you react to metals the way that your own personal biology reacts to metals 
um, that predicts how you will react to other things as well. So if you want to be safe from things like, um, you know, EMF, um, chemicals you might come into contact with in the environment, uh, anything like that, make sure you avoid metals all your life. So no vaccines, no implants, um, try and avoid any kind of dental work. Um, things like root canals where actual metal screws are put in as well, they just cause as much problems. Um, we all need to avoid metals. That's the issue. And if you do, you will definitely have a longer, healthier life, for sure, guaranteed. Well, since I just got two shoulders last year and my symptoms were moderate, uh, I think I, it was a foolish move. And I kind of wish I had my shoulder pain back and no metals in there. But, you know, it's done. And so I've got to cope uh -huh. with it. And my first step is taking the metals out of my mouth. So uh -huh. now our last topic is detox. And if you can address that briefly, Mark has tutored me about all this stuff because he, yeah. he's had years to think about it and work on it and talk mm. to the worldwide experts. Yeah. And the reason I want to talk about this is because of what's happening. Um, detoxification seems to have come become a huge trend. Uh, there are a lot of, uh, on the internet, there's a lot of people selling them by, by selling detox protocols via multi-level marketing, but they don't have the knowledge to um, to be doing this detoxification of your body uh, you're basically what you're doing is you're speeding up your body's processes um, so that it gets uh, gets rid of the metals quicker for most people detoxification is a fantastic idea it is is one of the best things you can do for yourself for most people but for some people it is outright dangerous to detox because when the the detoxing moves the uh, bodies around the body and through the organs and for some people like me it is very very dangerous and there are people like me who have had detox protocols done without removing all metals from the body and it has caused permanent damage to their bodies so it brought it all out, out at once and they were exposed to all this metal all at once. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, you know, for most people, yeah, detox is great. For some people like me, detox is very dangerous. For other people, detox is just unwise. Uh, it all depends. So just be careful, everybody. Be really careful is, is all I've got to say. People are being harmed. Um, now that um, men are being uh, encouraged to take care of birth control with vasectomies, we are now seeing a lot of men um, having bad reactions to clips and their vasectomies. You know, it's um, so easy. To, they could tie a suture in there and they wouldn't have any metal in there, but they're just lazy and fast. Exactly. So I, I was exactly. trained to do vasectomies using suture. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the thing about vitamin C is vitamin so C vitamin C and yep. chelation is what we're talking about with this detox terminology, right? Is there anything else in the yeah. mix? Well, I mean, there's lots of different um, things that people use for detox. Um, I mean, baking soda will, will detox you. Um, there's lots of things. But the thing with vitamin C, this vitamin C is it's good for most people. Yeah, it's, it's great to get vitamin C and all that. But... And people, well, vitamin C plays a huge, huge role in the detoxification system of the body. 
Um, so the more vitamin C you have, the faster your body will detox. And with people like me, that is, is dangerous. For people who don't have bad symptoms, but are, um, yeah, but they have metals in their body, they need to be careful about vitamin C because the more faster they speed up their detox process, the faster their implants will corrode. Um, that's what will happen. And uh, when they corrode, they just keep releasing more and more metals into your body. Um, vitamin C is fantastic for most people, but if you have issues with metals, it's not always the best thing to do. It really isn't. It's got to be detoxed and chelation should always be tailored. With chelation, if you have metal implants in your body and you do chelation process, it just keeps pulling more metals out of the implant. So you'll never finish the chelation. Um, chelation is, way this, is a, a substance called EDTA, and I can't recall the exact... But it, it goes in either intravenously or orally or rectally, and and it goes out, it binds to metals and other foreign substances and gets excreted in the urine. So that's the thing mm. in a nutshell, what chelation is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for most people, it's great. Best thing you can do for your health. But if you have metals in your body, uh, orthopedic implants, you any kind of detoxification or chelation protocol, uh, things need to be tailored. And when it comes to some people, they're just too dangerous for some people, and for others, just unwise. Well, Mark, for most most people though, great. I, any other topics you'd like to hit before we sign off? Um, no, I, I think that's about it, really. But this whole thing with—I mean, we've had a lot of the world has seen a lot of adverse events to vaccines and that in the last few years. Um, one of the big reasons for uh, adverse events to pharmaceutical devices is metals. It is the biggest reason. Um, people like me who uh, definitely do have really bad reactions to, uh, to metals, we are the people that have most of the adverse events. If we had metal testing before any implant was put in and metal testing after one was put in just to check, we could, if we all avoided metals even, we could stop adverse events. They're not necessary. I mean, they are the cause for things like chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia. Um, they're just misdiagnosis, those terms. We need to get clever on metals if we want to live longer and have a healthy life. That, that's basically it. We need to get clever, get smart. Let me just shoot a couple of quick questions over your bow before we sign off. And one is, I've heard that silica of some kind can be used for detoxing aluminum. Is that just something I... Yes, yes, that's right. A lot of people drink uh, silica water. Um, and that's a great thing to do, is to drink silica water. But again, it depends on the person. Um, for me, at the moment, I can't. And uh, people like me and D, and D, who we were talking about earlier, not at the moment. No. Wait until you're more cleaned up. The second uh, yeah, question. Because, yeah, because. You don't know anything well, about silicone implants, breast implants, do you? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. Um, one of the, um, a lot of women have bad reactions to silicone implants. 
And one of the number re- one reasons they have to get them removed and the reason that they cause an illness is the metals in them. And, and this is a thing. Oh, no. They're a soft product. They don't not made it. They don't look like a metal. So people don't they don't think of metals when they think about getting breast implants. But a lot of them end up. They get really sick. The same symptoms as I've got, uh, or the same symptoms as um, as Deb. And um, yeah, they they have to get them removed. So is there but aluminum the problem, in there, or what is it? Oh, there's a whole range of all different metals yeah, that yeah. make it up. It really is. It's a whole list of them. And uh, they can get the MELISA test as well. And uh, if it's the metals in the MELISA test, which has uh, triggered the type 4 allergic reaction, then they need to get them removed. But uh, what happens too often is because their surgeons don't, you know, they, they weren't taught about this stuff in medical school. And um, what happens a lot of the time is they go in and get them removed, but the surgeon leaves, they put in some um, markers, some metal markers after they take them out. And then the patient, so that they, they'll get better, but then a few months later they go downhill, then they're having a bad reaction to the metal markers. Well, there's a, usually typically a scarring capsule around the implant, <laughs> and that probably mm. should be removed too. Yeah, because I yeah, suspect definitely. that has leaked silicone and whatever the heck is in the silicone. Yep, you well, did right. M- Mark, this is a fabulous answer, and I'd never heard that before, and I put in several thousand implants during my career <laughs> without oh, right. giving it a second right. thought. And I always told yeah. everyone, you're not having a problem due to the implant. It's been proven. <laughs> yeah, but no, but, yeah, but you have been told the wrong stuff. That's yeah, the thing. <laughs> yeah. Guilt. Yeah, it's these bloody pharmaceutical companies. <laughs> there, those are some of the most aggressive Allergan implants. The Allergan company is very aggressive. Well, mm. I, I'm tremendously grateful for your time. It's been a great interview. A lot of mm. concise information for my audience. Uh, anything else before we sign off? Um, no, I think I think that's about the lot. Really, Mark. Yeah, Mark just. Avoid metals. If you want healthy, avoid metals. Doesn't matter who you are. All right. All right. Thanks again, Mark. Chat soon. Okay. Thanks, Robert.